If you print it, we'll stack it. Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me today is Self Banked, uh, B A N K T. It's spelt on Twitter. If you're not following already, make sure you do. Uh, he's putting out some great memes, has been doing for, for quite a while now, and um, just getting better and better. Uh, as you will find out, the, the reason for, for, doing, for releasing this recording, doing this um, in time for the 21st of July, is because uh, Self-Banked has a piece of work being released in uh, Hodlinaut's um, Citadel uh, 21 magazine which um, is an incredible piece of work. I've been lucky enough to get a sneak peek and think it's brilliant. And um, we get into that and we discuss exactly what that is and what it's all about. Among many other things, um, all kind of uh, Bitcoin related, uh, meme related, education related, and you know his, his contribution to the space and what he feels is the best way that he can add value to the space and to those people coming in, uh, wanting to learn more about Bitcoin and what it is. So I uh, really enjoyed this one. Um, if we've done our job correctly, uh, the, the background music you can hear, that eerie, beautiful background music is, uh, is the music from At Hodler, the now Sir Badminton of Bitcoin, who's also been on the show. Go back and check out his, show, um, his interview. He created this um, with, uh, well, I mean, it's his music, but... Um, and his film, uh, Agent Orange, licensed the shill, which can be found um, all over the internet. But go over to the YouTube channel and, and find out um, where to watch that at 21ism. Uh, Self Banked and I talk about this in the interview as well. So you will find out more about it. It's a great uh, little James Bond mashup. Um, and it gives you an idea of the quality of work that's being done in like the the meme space from these highly professional guys that um, are just trying their best to spread the word uh, as much as possible. So I'll stop rambling. I'll um, catch you after the show. Um, before we um, we head into this, uh, make sure if you have access to the UK banking system, uh, get over to CoinFloor, start your stacking sats journey. Uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten and let's get some skin in the game people it's time certainly is time to start uh your journey stacking sats if you're already if you're already down the rabbit hole and you're holding and you're looking to um you know keep stacking in a uh, in a sensible way uh, I highly recommend um, these guys. I've had Obi on the show. You can go and find that interview as well. So take care, everyone. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Hey, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me today from the UK is Self Banked, one of the uh, the Britcoiners making uh, a lot of noise, a lot of waves, and um, doing a great job educating people on Twitter about Bitcoin. Got a new project coming up. Uh, which I'm really excited about, and uh, we want to get into that. So, self-banked, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. It's a real kind of privilege. A big fan of the show. It's amazing what you've built in the past six to eight months or so, but it's uh, it, it's awesome. Huge fan. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Great, um, great compliment. Um, and I, as I explained to you off air, um, we do not have Lauren with us today, but we have no. her in spirit because uh, twin brother Samuel is here to deliver the question uh, as she's uh, on an online art course at the moment. So cool. Samuel, first of all, do you remember the question? Yeah. Okay, mate, fire away. Why do, I, why do you make memes about Bitcoin? Why do I make memes about Bitcoin? Um, I think it's because, Sam, I just want to spread the word as widely as I possibly can. And when I came to the space and became very interested, um, it was about uh, finding out a way that I could kind of contribute to the community. And I was introduced uh, to the Bitcoin maximalist type world. And so by someone who recommended a Bitstein video about memeing, and uh, it had a big impact on me. And I just realized that I'd always loved kind of graphic design. Um, I'd had a bit of experience over the preceding couple of years with a, a bit of kind of marketing for a venue. And I just wanted to try and use those skills to, uh, to try and pass on some of the education and the learnings that I'd been developing over the past few years. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Did did you have any uh, further questions that you wanted to ask? I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And you understand what uh, you understand what memes are? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> They're not all what? just TikTok videos, you know. Yeah, I know. I like <laughs> thought, no, the, the floss and. Oh, the the floss, the dance. That, the, yeah, that would be a meme. Mm, I'm not sure it would. Can, I don't know. Self banked. What do you think? It, it's 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 a pretty broad sort of church, really. I mean, almost anything is a meme that has an idea and an image and a concept. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can be it, it can be almost anything. Even just three words can be a meme. But I mean, I've tried to create uh, some text and link it with a visual sort of message. Um, but it is a very broad church, so I couldn't define it for you. Excellent. Okay, mate. Well, uh, do you want to say thank you? Thank you. Pleasure, okay, Sam. Cool. Take care. Yeah, and you. Cool. And um, mate, yeah, I I gotta say I'm a big fan of your memes. Um, been been watching them for a while. Um, Cheers. You you have these kind of like uh, I don't know whether like retro style is the right way to um, kind of describe it. Is yeah. there any particular vein that you try and get across? Um, well, I'm, I might be twice the age of some of the other sort of memers out there. So, um, I've got a slightly retro style cause I guess that's, that's kind of me. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I took the decision just to have a consistency to the images and the text, uh, and, 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 and the kind of filters. And, um, and so, as I said, to try to marry a concept that I'd learned quite recently, either through a podcast or, a kind of medium article or, or, or some other kind of tweet that I'd seen, just try to have it in text form and in a graphical form, just to hit, to try and hit the message home as effectively as I could. And so, but also to put my kind of trademark on it. And who do you really hope sees these uh, memes and, you know, gets that message? 
Well, the simple answer is as many people as I can. You know, I want to. And so ideally, it, it, it's just about getting the message out beyond the echo chamber um, to people who have maybe heard something about Bitcoin, but don't really understand what it is, or, or they've got an enthusiasm to learn more. And it, it, it's to kind of send them that extra step so that they make that leap and they start buying and they start using in the right ways. And they start uh, kind of listening and learning from the resources that I feel and I think most of the Bitcoin kind of Twitter sort of community feels is uh, the most respected sort of sources of information out there. And that is the challenge, isn't it? Because it's, yeah, it is. it's difficult. Whether you're a memer, whether you're a writer writing the articles or the books or the blog posts, whether you're podcasting, whether you're YouTubing, um, it all generally bounces around the, the, the same, I don't know how many people on Bitcoin Twitter, whether it's 2,000, 10,000, yeah. who knows. Yeah, I but get you. Kind of, you know, how do we then break that envelope? <laughs> That's Yeah. Well, I, I think that what's been happening on Bitcoin Twitter over the past few years has helped to crystallize the messages into, into really clear expressions of these ideas. And, and, and I think the hope is that we've, that we've ha- is, is that we've been using that as a, as, as a contesting ground for the best ways to, um, and to the best way to articulate these messages to a wider audience. Um, and then it would be great if people could then step away from Bitcoin Twitter and start, and start infiltrating other echo chambers. Either they be through other social media platforms or on Twitter itself, but in other kind of sub echo chambers of Twitter. Um, and then kind of widely and, and some more widely amongst their friends and their family, their work colleagues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, I, I think what we've achieved with Bitcoin Twitter is just good crystallization of, of the core tenets of, uh, of Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that's perfectly um, summarized. And, and I think this is it's this kind of thinking and this kind of discourse and discussion that you, know, you and I have been part of a, a group having um, yeah. mainly in the Britcoin space, which yeah. uh, I'm, I'm determined to, uh, to push. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, and this, like, the, these brainstorming sessions have led to some of the most incredible creations. Um, yeah, you're right. I wanna, like 21ism, like what you and Hodler the Now have um, certainly been pushing very, very hard. Um, can, first of all, can you, can, you, can you tell us how you come to, like, the name, 21ism? Uh, was that a, con- a conversation be- between you and Badders? Or? How did um, that go it, down? It was a conversation between Rebel Art Money, at Rebel Art Money, and myself actually. And we were just, I mean, I was just trying to uh, to find the shortest expression of Bitcoin that didn't use the word Bitcoin that had a .dot com. Um, so I just, you know, went on to hover.com and started again playing around. And twenty uh, one ism .dot com was available. So I just thought that's it. I mean, it's it's you know it it, um, it 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 has connotations of it being something akin to a community, maybe even a religion. But uh, I know the whole religious association with Bitcoin is quite heavily conce- um, contested by some people. It's a bit, it's a bit kind of controversial. But I thought it was a very it was a very short, quite catchy little phrase that just articulated the core of what 
we're about, which is uh, hard capped money, hard money. Right. Or, you know, it's a, another kind of political ideal, like, you know, libertarianism, communism, socialism, uh-huh. Uh-huh. bring on 21ism, right? You know? Yeah, it, it is an ism. <laughs> it is an ism. And uh, all the other isms have become less relevant, I think. Um, like, I mean, I, I, used to, I used to align my politics with a certain political group, a certain sort of newspaper. My friends, my university kind of colleagues would be of a certain kind of demographic. I think people have a habit of doing that in life. But uh, entering the Bitcoin space and meeting the minds in it, either virtually or in real life, as, as, as certainly opens you up to more wide political kind of ideas than you may be used to from uh, the blinkered view that I think most people have throughout their lives because they label themselves. Um, I think it's beyond politics um, and could be so much larger than that. But yeah, the the implications of it are huge. So many positive kind of potentials for society that can come out of it, I think, particularly at at, at a time of such crisis as we have right now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's stick on 21ism. And if we do our job properly, well, if I and Adam do our job properly, this should be released on an auspicious date, um, the 21st of July. Awesome. Uh, Do you want to talk about uh, why and what's going on? Uh, The 21st of July is uh, episode four of the Citadel 21 zine, released from citadel21.com or at citadel21 which is a phenomenal collection of creative works uh, that are put together by um, Hodler Nort and Bitcoin Katia. And we're very privileged to uh, get or or to be able to release 21ism, which is a short graphic story that I've been putting together with uh, a friend of mine uh, who's an artist, who's a kind of graphic artist. So it, it, it's a 22-23 it's a page kind of graphic story about uh, hyper-Bitcoinization, um, looking at the story of a, a young man in 2012, taken at, at kind of four yearly uh, kind of increments uh, up to 2032. And it tracks the course of his personal life and uh, what's going on in society, around the globe, uh, and so particularly in relation to um, to themes of money, corruption, protest, uh, and so surveillance, kind of capitalism, and the emergence of Bitcoin as a solution to a lot of these things. Um, it was, it's was. it been a, a very challenging thing to put together. Um, it's, it's easy enough, well, not easy enough, but uh, it was easier to put together the 2012, the 2016, and the and the kind of 2020 parts of the story, but it was scratching my head for a long, long time trying to work out what the future was going to be like. Um, and obviously, it's just it's just an idea, it's just a concept, and who knows what the future is going to be like. But it, we're trying to paint some pictures and um, to to draw out some of the trends which we feel are important in the space and and could be part of our quite recent futures yeah i'm lucky enough to have, have had a sneak peek and i think it's incredible work uh, thank I think you it's so cool great idea um to use kind of like that uh, that comic strip um style yeah um to i mean come on i mean if history's shown anything is that you know people love comics um you know and especially that kind of age demographic that you you're probably going, going to be hoping to kind of educate 
Yeah, I think it'll be a good tool. I mean, there's not been that much in the space that was like it. Um, and so Citadel 21 has the kind of Boltardia thing at the moment, which is really cool. But and so, but so what we've done is um, something a bit more, uh, a bit more kind of real lifey, uh, and so a bit less kind of fantasy, um, with a bit of some with with obviously some uh, with some contemporary kind of science fiction in there and things. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it all started because I had a friend who did a graphic story. Um, and it was really phenomenal, and he's just an incredible artist and a great guy. And um, I, I and I could see that the last graphic story that they created had so many commonalities to the Bitcoin story, and it was just a matter of of almost kind of changing the kind of focus of it. But fundamentally, I think the style that he has is just incredibly well suited uh, to Bitcoin. And 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 I just I just basically explained to him he's not a Bitcoiner himself, although hopefully he will be soon. Um, he's he's going to be paid in Bitcoin for most of this, and we'll be receiving some donations, and we'll be selling some hard copies and some and some Bitcoin kind of physical art of some of the uh, of some of the sections of the graphic story, uh, which we'll be taking either fiat or kind of Bitcoin for those. Uh, so I, I'd like to I'd like to. I'd like to use this as a, an opportunity to get this graphic artist really into Bitcoin and for, for it to help his career and, um, you know, for him to perhaps travel and meet some great Bitcoiners as a result of it because um, he's a cool guy. He's an absolutely lovely guy. I was going to ask you whether you'd red pilled him in this uh, in this little journey, and um, it, it's got to be. It's so. only a matter of time, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think so. I, I I can't see how he's done what he's done without having a lot of sympathy and interest in it because uh, he's put in a lot of hours you know um and that is awesome uh jc sketches uh or or kind of joshua cranton he's, he's just put in loads and loads of time um he's got the patience of a saint i mean i can be a bugger to work with um <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm a pretty bad boss at times um, so he's, he's, I mean, it was all, it was really confused for me. I just threw all this kind of stuff at him, all, like all these ideas and, and, uh, and over the course of about three or so months, he, he got back to me this wonderful kind of product. And then for the past month, I've just been trying to piece it together with the text and the story, which were just in my head, you know, before, but now I think we've done, um, as good a job as we can of of of, of putting the, all these into the actual uh, imagery and the text pages within the imagery, and like the amount of time you must have spent on this, this is kind of um, what I find incredible in this space. Um, you know, you you're not going to be doing this for a profit. This isn't like something. I mean, it might bring in some cash, but you you don't know for sure, right? But well, our, our plan is to release it for free under the GPL. So and and so anyone can have the highest resolution uh, and so kind of PDF copy of it, and we want people to to, to print it, to can sell it, to publish it, to give it to friends, to leave it on the coffee table at work. I want I want I want it to go as wide as it can. So I don't want you know I don't, we don't want any money f for the PDF. We will be selling some hard copies from our website because we'll be printing at scale. So uh, we'll be able to get the cost down for the printing, and we'll make sure we've got some really nice, uh, some really nice quality prints. 
and we'll get some kind of physical art, like I said. But um, and so profit is not a motivation, and I think that of the income that comes in from it, fifty uh, percent is going back to the artist to do whatever he wants to do with it because it's his career, and then the rest of it I'll put into twentyoneism.com to try and. Um, try and support and to create some funding for any of the kind of guerrilla sort of marketing tactics and the plans that we've got for the sites and this Bitcoin art collective that we're trying to create there. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the films before we talk about uh, anything else because they have been absolutely insane. So good. So Uh, good. And to to date, what's been released by 21ism is the... um, the the bond the bond mashup uh, uh-huh. agent orange licensed the shill and um what was the first one it was like the the no coiner regret was the first one it was by can hodler than thou and yeah it's 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 awesome it's just a killer isn't it it's brutal it i really love is. that one yeah and i, I remember go ahead i have a a two and a half year old boy and he is terrified of that one um every time i play it he <laughs> runs out of the room the music is just, it's, it's so in your face, man. But, oof, the impact. And that is his music, right? Hodler Than Thou. That's his music. Isn't it good? It, Old it uh, so kicks ass. Yes, it's yeah. brilliant. And I remember when we were brainstorming more and more about movies, um, you know, again, being part of this group where we try this think tank of trying to get the Bitcoin outside of the echo chamber and using, like, the medium of movies and, and then talking about, like, you know, the age demographic, uh, and then coming like settling on the Bond films. Um, but when he put that that together, and that music was just um, crazy. And you, yeah. am I right in thinking you do the scripting? And uh, no, no, the, no. Uh, I mean, it's pretty no. much all him. I mean, and so he got me involved, particularly on the No Coiner Regrets. He normally passes them across to me just for some criticism or for my or, or, or for some ideas. I'm I'm, I'm just the sounding board. Um, I think he's he's pretty much independently doing it on his own now, um, and I, the next one I don't know if it's been released. I don't think it's been released yet, but the next one is just killer, man. It, it, it's <laughs> it's it's the best of the series so far. Uh, and so don't forget, at Ryan Draycott has been doing a couple of these as well. He did that fantastic um, that kind of Dead Poet Society one, which was just superb. And the. Um what was the other one? The Italian job. And the Italian job. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this is every week, although it's not always every week, but and so mostly every week on a Friday, uh, these are released. And, and it's just slightly longer form with slightly more time that's been put into them than like a standard little meme or a standard little kind of GIF. Uh, or is it GIF? I don't know. Um, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to do with 21ism, the graphic story as well. It's just... Uh, is to do something a bit different than just a, a, a very rapid kind of turnover idea and a meme and, and, and to do something more long form. I think it, it, it helps you to get your head straight and to work out your ideas more and um, work out what's important in the narrative for you and, and then hopefully for other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a YouTube channel people can head to and um, obviously just the website, yeah, if they want to go and check out these videos and all yes, of the... Yes, or, or the, you can Twitter 21ism. Uh, and so t- it, Twitter is 21ism, but that's letters rather uh, than numbers, 21ism. Yeah, 
And I think a, a little bit of the quality gets lost actually on Twitter, um, when, Possibly. especially with the movies. Yeah, um, I, I th- think it's probably better to go to YouTube to see them. So we've got a 21ism art collective YouTube channel, uh, which has the higher resolution versions of, of these movies. Now, you kind of touched on it before, um, Gorilla Tactics. Um, yeah. What do you think? Any spoilers? I mean, we've got some some cool ideas being well, thrown you're in around it as well. I mean, <laughs> yes. Are we going to spoil anything? And so, should we spoil anything? Oh, yes, I don't know. No, I don't know. It, I um, mean, it, it, it's just about. I don't know if people know, but there's a UK group which is a quasi political uh, kind of protest group called Led by Donkeys, and they do these wonderful uh, kind of graffiti campaigns. Uh, quite satirical against the government and recent kind of policies in relation to uh, kind of welfare or Brexit or handling of COVID or education or what have you. But um, they do a lot of kind of criticism, but they never really provide a solution or an alternative. And, and so this 21ism group amongst us and the, uh, and, and the kind of telegram group that we're on had this idea that we'd... Uh, if led by donkeys weren't going to do Bitcoin shit, then us Bitcoiners would do led by donkeys shit, um, <laughs> which I think is a great idea. And I think we need to we need to start doing it soon. And there's a couple of things in the pipeline. Uh, the first one will be released on 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 uh, Guy Fawkes night, right? I think we should probably leave it at that. Yeah, uh, let's, <laughs> let's definitely leave it at that, and um, let's hope it uh, makes the waves that, uh, that we're hoping. So. Yeah, it'd be uh, awesome to see. But um, right, okay. Well, let's talk about how you came to Bitcoin. I mean, what you know? I mean, we all know all roads lead to Bitcoin. But um, definitely, what was the what was the path that you travelled? Um, the path was that I mean, I, I've always had interests that were common with many of the things in Bitcoin, be it tech or computing or politics or kind of protest. Um, and it was a synthesis, or it kind of synthesizes a lot of these things. Um, so it was inevitable, I think, that I was going to get involved at some point. But um, I first heard about it on either, uh, it was either kind of slash dot, something about the Silk Road in like 2012, 2013, or the Joe Rogan show, um, again, probably in relation to the Silk Road or some DMT, which I was quite keen to try, but never got around to. But I did get around to buying some Bitcoin and then checking it out over tour. Um, but yeah, it was about that time that I, that I just, it, it, it just became utterly fascinating for me. And I was just deep down the rabbit hole, mainlining Andreas Antonopoulos videos, uh, whilst kind of cooking at home, essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just unstoppable, isn't it? It's, it's just been quite a revelation. I mean, I, I had it, it, the cycle of Bitcoin. Often you get those wonderful hype cycles, and then you get those three-year spells in which it can get a little bit dark and lonely. So um, it, I think it's taken a while for the, for the four-year cycles to become evident, and uh, I certainly had my peaks and troughs within that time of being more or less interested. But, um, and, and I got into shitcoins for a time, a fairly short time, but uh, that was a mistake. 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think it's it's crucial now to direct people to Bitcoin-only sources because shitcoinery is a terrible disease and everyone's a scammer. Yeah, it's um, it's a very very common story. It uh, it truly is. Um, yeah, had my um, dalliances, shall we say, with um, luckily just uh, a few others, Dash and Ethereum, uh, to yeah. name two. Yeah, uh, Litecoin, very very briefly. Likewise, um, just you know. Anyway, goodbye to all of those, and uh, hello, just Bitcoin. And nice. you know, coming from like um, like a financial background. I try and explain to people like it's the easiest thing. You don't have to. All you have to do is invest your money in it and then sit on your hands. You don't have to like Completely. don't get caught watching it. Don't get caught thinking about it. You're not going to get caught in some kind of extra BS fees from a financial advisor or you know a mutual fund is going to go under and your pension's all lost. It's like you don't have to put any more time and effort. Um, into worrying about your investment. Um, it's a hard thing for people to, to understand that, and it sounds like a very glib thing to say. Yeah, but. no, you, you're right. I mean, I think it's been a long time since people had a monetary asset that performs as well as Bitcoin. Um, and in reality, if you have an asset like gold or like Bitcoin, then you don't need to worry about it. You just need to buy it and you need to you can store it correctly um, because monetary assets perform like good monetary assets and they're deflationary and uh, and and uh, over time they grow and they reward the time that you invest in them um, and and we've not really had a tool like that in in, in a few decades well, we've had complex financial instruments which are opaque and have minimum deposits which preclude and exclude a lot of people but um yeah People have just been encouraged for so long to spend what they have. There's been no incentive to save. And now we have something which can bring people out of poverty in, in, in I think, a more a more reliable way than uh, giving them fiat money can. Yeah, and even gold, right? I mean, that's just so complex. True. I, I just mean the concept of gold and mm. uh, the qualities of gold, but the actual handling of gold and uh, the logistics of gold are practically, you know, there's a lot to deal with there. I mean, and to paper gold, it doesn't interest me in the slightest. I've not had any experience of gold, but it just seems a bit pointless now. This, we're in the 21st century, aren't we? I mean, we need a 21st century money. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, of course. It just makes so much sense. And it's only a matter of time before everybody starts waking up to, you know, this change is unstoppable. It's inevitable, and in, in, like when you come to that realization, my goodness, anxiety just kind of like melts away a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, being a Bitcoiner, especially at the moment, I mean, it's not anxiety kind of free, but um, yeah, I, I think the learnings and the knowledge that you develop do instill a lot of peace. And I'm trying to get into a place where I can just chill and relax and try and focus on my family and have that low time preference uh, kind of outlook on life. Um, just kind of safe in the knowledge that I've got a, a hard monetary asset. Um, yeah, that no one can take away from me. How do you, I mean, if you like uh, picture out 10 years, how, how do you think that's going to look like then for, you, mm. you have a young family if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah, I, I just have one. 
and so one year right. son. He's he, right. and so he's come two years old. What do you think that looks like then? A completely low time preference, self banked. Uh, you know, you want you know self sovereignty. Um, yeah. yeah. What's kind of the um, the future plans? I mean, for for most people, it's the two point four children, and you know the the, the four by four and the white picket fence, and you know, but for Bitcoiners, that kind of dream is off the table now, and seems kind of I don't know. Well, certainly yeah. constructed. I, I mean, it very much depends what happens in the world and, and what happens geopolitically and kind of politically in our regions of the world. Um, and it's going to be about the opportunities that come up for us. But I think if you're a Bitcoiner and you're invested in it, um, then you're going to have more opportunities. Um, I, I certainly feel that, um, I mean, right now I'm just focusing on my day job and my career and I'm just trying to earn as much money as I can and invest as much money as I can and focus on the family. But, um, yeah, I mean, in the future, I'm not, I'm not massively loyal to, for instance, the tribe of the UK. Um, I mean, I, I would love to, I would, I would be very, um, it wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't be a problem to move to a Bitcoin friendly jurisdiction that had a great quality of life and a Mediterranean climate, fairly close to mountains and some waves and some wind and uh, some good food and some decent wine. So uh, I might be coming your way. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure. <laughs> uh, I'm constantly looking, you know. <laughs> yeah. Th- and uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. All you. Right. I was, I, and I was going to say, um, this is the kind of like mind shift that, that, um, people who start investing into Bitcoin slowly start to be, you know, become thinking about. And um, almost each person I've spoken to echoes the same kind of thought. It's not this, okay, well, I am from X uh, country, therefore I am this nationality and therefore I I need to stay in this country. It's completely mm-hmm. the opposite. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, somehow it's just opened people's minds to absolutely any possibility yeah, yeah, I agree, and also there's there's the community aspect of it and the communication aspect of it. Like our our community is very decentralized and it is truly global. Um, and of course, maybe in our, our our in kind of real lives that we have, or the real lives around us in our our villages or our towns, etc. You know, we don't know that many other Bitcoiners, <laughs> and it, it can be uh, it, it it can be nice to. Uh, I think Bitcoiners have a lot in common, and yeah, it would be. I, th- I quite like. I quite like the idea of having a, a community with more of them around. So it's it's quite appealing from that perspective as well. Um, yeah, I think they're adrenaline junkies who um, who appreciate the finer things in life and realize you don't get anything for nothing. And um, yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> I reckon you could easily travel around the world just um couch surfing in different bitcoiners homes no problem yeah Yeah, that would be cool wouldn't it that would be amazing i would have loved to have done that like 10 15 years ago but now with a two-year-old boy uh, i don't know and a wife (laughs) that's not gonna wash (laughs) i know i'm gonna do it my family of six i'll let you know how it goes cool please do (laughs) 
What um what is the day job then, mate? What what's keeping you busy um day to day? Uh, what's the profession? Um, I'm an anaesthetist or an anesthesiologist. Um, so yeah, I put people to sleep or do regional anesthesia for surgeries. Um, and uh, it's a cool job. I spend a lot of my time to get to this level, and I've put a lot of hours in, and I continue to put a lot, you know, to put a lot of hours in. And I love it. I get a lot of kind of satisfaction from it. Um, but at the same time, it's nice to have a creative outlet. You know, it's nice to have a creative kind of outlet because I can't get too creative in my job, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it's an awesome job. But uh, it's quite universal, you know. I mean, my job could travel all over the place. I'm sure in the Citadel, they'll need uh, theatres and anesthesiologists as well. Absolutely. They're going to yeah. be um, self-sovereign hospitals, right? Indeed. Uh, so, Indeed. Uh, you know, if, if I go, like, all the way back to, to the beginning when you were talking about your, like, uh, being led down the path and kind of finding um, Silk Road and Joe mm. Rogan and DMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does, how does that kind of, like, you obviously have a deep kind of interest in psychedelics i would imagine if you were considering doing something like that how does that tie in then with putting people to sleep because obviously altering people's state um is clearly something that you're pretty interested in yeah well i mean it's um i guess so i guess so i mean it's um it's in a medicalized environment so it's not quite the same as the set and setting of a psychedelic experience we we very much have to normalize it and medicalize it but yeah i mean that is what i do every day um um and i think there's a quite a lot of it there's quite a lot of anesthetists who have sort of kind of dabbled in the varying states of consciousness um of you know that you can have in their past it's quite hard to do that when you've got a nine to five or a half seven till six or whatever it is and a family but uh and so back in the day yeah, there was a bit of dabbling, but uh, now it's it's a professional thing, um, and I don't get long enough off to do any, do any more of that nonsense. <laughs> but maybe, but but maybe it would be cool to like. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to take a retreat somewhere and to and to do some ayahuasca and um, yeah, explore some of my issues and use it as a psychotherapy session, which I think I fucking well need. Um, but, um, <laughs> I just, I wouldn't be able to do that in a weekend, you know? Um, and I, I'm, I, and, and my hangovers are getting a lot worse. So, uh, you know, I've got to be sensible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hangovers, man. Oh my Bang. God. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Just, I look back at those high time preference days and, um, yeah. now, you know, just, uh, thinking about just, just the thought of a hangover now kind of um, helps me, uh, you know, avoid that uh, to a certain degree. Mm. Um, there seems to be like a, a big crossover that I've never, you know, this is a world I've never explored myself, but um, certain podcasters certainly have, you know, John Vallis, uh, Brady at Citizen Bitcoin, um, yeah. Brandon has obviously been on the show talking about um, mushrooms and, and whatever else. And um, I hear it come up more and more these days. Mm. And, I, I, and I'm trying to figure out why. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I think, and so Bitcoin isn't just one thing, is it? I mean, it's, uh, it's very cosmic. 
and you can get pretty cosmic in it pretty quickly. Um, and um, it is an absolute head spin of implications for the future uh, that question the very basis of how our society functions, how history has functioned in, in the past and, and how our futures could be. Um, that is, that is cosmic, man. I mean, um, and uh, most people, it, it's a struggle to, it's a struggle to think that big. Whereas I think maybe if you've had out of body psychedelic experiences and you've, um, crossed the Rubicon and, gone through the doors of perception then maybe your mind's a little bit more open to such huge ideas um that's maybe why it's so hard to explain bitcoin uh in a in one short quick way um because it's uh it's a mandelbrot like it's uh, a microcosm of a microcosm or a macrocosm of a macrocosm and it's just infinite um yeah i don't know it's just it takes it takes a big leap to realize what it actually is and um, to get close to it. Um, yeah, I think so. Imagine some of the memes that might come to you if you were uh, at one of these retreats. <laughs> yeah, pretty psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the key, man. <laughs> this could be, this could be that, that the bridge of the gap to, um, you know, out of the echo chamber to like the mainstream. Yeah, it could be, or, or, or the men in white coats could come for me. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who knows? I mean, sometimes I do worry. We, we, it is, I mean, the Bitcoin community, I mean, there's, it's very antithetical. It's, uh, you know, very contrarian. Um, sometimes you kind of brush up with a friend or, a colleague and you might get into a conversation that crosses a certain point and you realize that other people's thinking has is behind walls or, or, or hits a point at which they're not prepared to go any further. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to know where reality begins and ends. And certainly at the moment, I mean, it's a 21st century issue with um, trying to control all the – um, all the information. I mean, it's just information overload. There's the fake news, the real news, the social news, all these streams coming at you like rocket fire. And you've really got to switch off and take some time uh, to think about the big picture. You can't just listen to the news all day or, or, or absorb this information all the time because it'll destroy your mind. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to work it out as i go along <laughs> it's um it's <laughs> is your wife into bitcoin yeah or does she think you're the craziest guy that walks the planet um well and so she humors me um but and she takes the piss a lot um she's pretty good at that um but no i think she does realize i think fundamentally she likes money <laughs> or what money can bring and i think she sees i think i think she knows enough to know that it's probably on you know and uh it, it could change our future um in a, a significant way in a positive way um so i think she's prepared to humor me but uh yeah i mean i i get the piss taken out of me quite often it's true yeah <laughs> how about you <laughs> 
She, yeah, I mean, it's, um, no, it's, it's to the point now where because I'm doing the podcasting and, and whatever else, it's like, you know, it's gone, gone are the days of, yeah. oh, this is just another one of his, you know, his investing, um, because I've always handled, you know, investing financially for the family and, mm. um, always fallen in love with, um, you know, it, it got emotionally attached to, um, to both winners and losers, uh, as mm. you're prone to do. Um, so I, I, definitely think like you know coming first into it it's like yeah okay whatever doesn't sound like anything i'm ever going to understand or care about just you know don't lose everything yeah um but um yeah just over the last four or five years however it's however long it's been um but one thing that really helped unlock her actually um was the uh, WTF happened in 1971 graphs. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty powerful. When I showed her, oh my God, when I showed her that, um, she was blown away. Mm. And that just gets you thinking so much harder and deeper about, it's not just money, right? It's not just, um, we all know that now, but coming in, we didn't. Mm. Um, Alex Fetsky was once on the show, and I'm sure this is a great meme if, I can't. I don't know who did it okay. or who said it first. You know, I came for the money and stayed for the money. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's exactly how I feel. And it's like because, but now it's like, but there is. I mean, this is the hope now for humanity. And it sounds like so cheesy. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I, I think it's pretty much the last hope uh, for a, a return to sound money, as and so as Friedrich uh, kind of Hayek said and. 1984 this is it it's it's this or or absolute kind of bullshit really isn't it or it's this or the government money this kind of fed coin or the corporation coin either of which provide nothing kind of beneficial for humanity and very heavy surveillance capitalism i mean incredibly oppressive kind of surveillance capitalism whereas this is has the potential to to lift people up out of poverty to 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 shrink that rich kind of poor gap to level the playing field sort of globally for trade and for production um and for services and uh and to do away with all the um all the corruption and all the kind of skimming that goes on in this web of global financial network <laughs> you know um which you must have some experience of yourself in that sector previously yes yes indeed and uh, i've got a show coming out um with uh, an old uh, colleague and uh, and client and and very close friend um foreign exchange trader and uh well, well for the top tier banks for many many years and uh, he kind of like um undresses the whole thing from behind the scene what a day might look like from his desk cool um which yeah will hopefully go a long way to helping people understand that that side of things um but then, yeah, he's now swallowed the red pill and awesome. slowly falling down the rabbit hole and, you know, it's going to touch him in different ways as it always yeah. does. Um, and it would just be interesting to see, you know, where that leads. But um, now you're, I mean, you've been down this rabbit hole a long time. You clearly understand it very, very deeply. Do you still get times now that you know, like a, perhaps a piece of writing will come out or a, a podcast guest might come on and just 
blow you away another like another level um like wow like i wasn't even considering that yeah no for sure i mean i i still get that very very often and i mean i'm i'm i still consider myself to be a noob and to know nothing you know i think it's a constant learning process like I, there's no way i understand this stuff as much as i should even though you know i i can't stop thinking about it half the time um and it's been the case for a while i mean it's just so there's so many layers to the onion and there's so many um areas of thought and of history and of uh you know austrian economics and all that praxeology stuff and all the coding and the tech and the constant innovation i mean i i need to get sort of down in the weeds more with with the with the, you know and so with the code and the hardware all the new developments that are going on it's great to, pl- to play around with kind of lightning and the coin join stuff and increase my privacy there's there's so much to learn it really is endless um and i I mean recently in terms of the big pictures i mean and so preston kind of pish when he was on your podcast that was phenomenal um that was really phenomenal and the price of tomorrow uh all that stuff that blew me away as well um yeah there's constantly and to people and i I, i'm very interested in these new people who are coming up also i mean it's great to uh to to keep an eye on the comments uh of the big names in the space but it's good to hear these kind of fresh new voices that are coming you know these sort of new twitter accounts with a hundred kind of followers who are just you know really interpreting things in their um in their own way in a slightly in a slightly kind of fresh manner and uh yeah i i, I think I, I think I think it's endless, and I think I won't be bored by this. Um, I, I just can't see that ever happening. It's just constantly in evolution. It's just kind of telescoping. Um, yeah, the future's interesting. Imagine what Bitcoin Twitter is going to look like in five years' time. VR. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? With so many new people coming in... Um, they're just going to bring another, like, I don't know, one to 10 people in with them slowly over time. And mm. it's just going to grow and grow and grow. Um, it will still be a bit of an echo chamber, of course, but it will just be a, a much bigger one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think also in terms of the price, I mean, all these all these new people who start coming in and they and they start to kind of DCA, just like you said, and so, and so with kind of Friar Hass a week or so back, that just increases the floor. And, and and that Bitcoin kind of price floor just keeps on going up and up and up, uh, which is the trend, of course. I mean, it's best not to look at the all-time highs. It's best to look at the annual sort of low points. And, and, and that's just that's just looking very, very positive and very, very bullish. And I think once uh, we get a price over 100K, it's just going to – things are going to go pretty nuts and the world's going to wake up and so many people are going to want to get in. And This is a nice quiet time, hey? We should appreciate this whilst it lasts because it's going to get uh, pretty manic once the bull gets underway. It is. It is a very, very quiet time. And this is something that, um, you know, for, for new people coming into the space, I really want to, to point out that, yeah, it's um, you're not too late. This, no, no, no. This has so much further to run. Yeah. 
and the alternatives are poor. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yes. Where else are you going to put your money? Well, yeah, exactly. The alternatives are everything that you've already ever known. And if you're not happy with that, if you know, if you find yourself in a position where you're you're not particularly happy with the the state of play of like um, you know the the, the banking system or like these negative interest rates that you might be facing, uh, the, the the ridiculous levels of debt, then you know there is nothing to lose by just putting you know ten to fifty pounds dollars or whatever in into a week into this other thing into this parallel yeah financial asset. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate kind of hedge, really, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's and to short the world, long Bitcoin. That's yeah, what I mean. exactly. <laughs> what um, what fundamental changes do you feel that you've personally gone through since uh, interacting with Bitcoin? If you were to wind the clock back and look at um, you know, fiat self banked, if that's uh, could be even put together in the same in the same yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's um, and so one thing is uh, more of a rejection of mainstream uh, kind of media. Um, you know, I, as I said earlier, I, I used to identify myself with a political, you know, kind of tribe, um, and much less so now. I find that uh, it's difficult to fit my thinking and my politics into a box. Like if I was in America, I would struggle to put myself in either box uh, you know obviously both uh, have got their have got their their positives and their negatives you know but it this old school politics is, is just uh, very divisive and very kind of polarizing and i don't like it really so it you know i've i've, I've had more of a, a kind of fervent quest for an alternative and more of a fervent quest to think more clearly about things um and to assess the potential for fundamental change in the way that we live. Um, and, and as we said, I think it's, it's opened my doors to being more global uh, in terms of thinking about our future as a family. Um, uh, it's changed the way that I invest my money. It's made me much, uh, it's made me... Uh, Maybe want to save in a way that I'd never really been incentivized to do in the past. So that was destructive, you know. I, I'd, uh, man, I've wasted so much money. It's just scary. <laughs> it really is, you know. Whereas biggest now, regret? What was what's the biggest regret? The biggest regret is selling one bitcoin for XRP. <laughs> That's my biggest fucking regret, man. In in like late 2017 or something, uh, something ridiculous. When XRP was like three fifty, and uh, and now it's like nineteen cents or something, it's just the biggest fuck up ever in my life. <laughs> but then um, <laughs> I just I just sort of at the start of twenty nine at the end of twenty eighteen I just said fuck it, I'm just going to get rid of all the shit coins. I need the purity of mind, you know. I can't I can't uh, be polluted with thoughts of of, of uh, you know, involvement with with uh, something I I don't believe in. So I just had to get rid of everything and just focus on one thing. It gives you more sort of headspace, um, you know, to to look at the fundamentals and to to try to contribute in a more constructive way. Like I, I don't think our trading really achieves anything. So I want to contribute to the community in some way. 
um, the community that I believe in, I guess. Are you seeing any kind of um, noise in like the medical profession, in, in the, the profession that you work, of people waking up a little bit to like this, this other option? Um, in the medical profession. I mean, they're a smart bunch of people and uh, they have been pretty much screwed over in the UK for a good few decades. That's part of the reason that I got in is because despite my workload increasing and my responsibilities increasing, I felt that my wage wasn't really increasing, certainly in terms of the purchasing power. You know, at least two decades of of a sub-inflationary kind of pay rises or no pay rises. Um, it doesn't do much for your morale as a profession. So there's been so much... Um, there's there's been more uh, there's there's been a bit of depression there's been a loss of confidence there's been low morale in medicine amongst surgeons and and, and kind of doctors for some time now and I, I you know at the moment I mean and so my work has continued throughout the COVID crisis uh, but a lot of surgeons have not been doing anything and they've had a lot of time to sit and to assess these conspiracy theories a few of them have come back to me and to knowing that. I'm a Bitcoiner and uh, started asking some more questions. Um, and I think, uh, I think people are waking up. Um, yeah, I think people are waking up. I mean, how, and so how can you not wake up in light of three or four months of global lockdown, uh, UBI for the countries who are fortunate enough to be able to do that? Um, and uh, just a shitstorm like this. <laughs> So am I right in thinking, um, well, I don't know, actually. I'll, I'll just ask you a question. Do you work for the, um, like within the National Health Service or privately? I, uh, I worked for the National Health Service up to a couple of years ago, and now I work uh, for a kind of private uh, kind of healthcare group in the UK. But to be honest, we do 90% NHS work. So, yeah, we do mostly NHS work. We do a small but increasing amount of, of some private work. But uh, since the lockdown started... Uh, our private work has been taken completely off the books and we've been taken over uh, by the NHS and we're doing urgent cancer surgeries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're providing the anesthetic services for that. So, um, yeah, it's a private firm, but we do pretty much all NHS work. And how's that been then in the last uh, two to three months with like the, the COVID um kind of nightmare going into lockdown, uh, the NHS being, I mean, the, the stories we are told are, you know, they're pushed to the limit and there's, um, we're on the brink of collapse sort of narrative. Um, I'd just like to get kind of, um, I know you're not fully on the inside, but you're a lot yeah. closer than I am. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I can only tell you from my experience, but I mean, I don't work on an intensive care unit. I work in an elective operating theatre um with patients that are generally reasonably well um and we're at, and so we're at a, a green site so we don't do the covid patients they have a swab before they come to us and if they're negative then they have surgery with us um so i've i mean in in, in, in the past three or four months i've done hundreds and hundreds of anesthetics i've put loads of people to sleep and on ventilators for operations and i've had no problems with any of them and I've had no personal exposure. I know nobody. Um, only, you know, two or three degrees 
kind of from me who has a story of someone who has died or gone into intensive care as a result of COVID. Our local hospital in the four months since the crisis has begun in the UK has had 270 deaths in a region of approximately two or three million um, that are attributable, at least on the death certificate, with a positive diagnosis of COVID. To me, that doesn't sound like that much. Uh, They were prepared for a lot worse and they didn't really get anything like uh, the numbers that they were expecting. But of course, these big hospitals, they closed down a lot of their services. So there's been significant morbidity and illnesses and negative kind of social impact to these communities as a result of not getting the healthcare that they would normally receive in the hospitals that are closed to COVID. So, um, so that's been my experience and made me uh, question uh, the severity and the timing of lockdown, at least in our region. Uh, I mean, I, I've got friends who work in in and 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 so in kind of London, and um, I know that you know certain parts of London have been hit quite bad, and some intensive care units have you know really struggled with the workload, and it's been very tough for the staff. So there is a problem, and there is a virus, but you know what does the most harm? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't got the answers for it. It's, it's really complex. It's really hard to know who to believe. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still working it out. But in our region, the numbers have been really low and I've had no personal exposure to them. And do you know how, uh, sorry to keep, Probing, if you don't know, just tell me, you know, like how they, you, you just mentioned that, um, you know, attributable, attributable to COVID on the death certificate. Do you know the kind of like, is that like an absolute positive blood test that says they've got COVID or is this like yeah, a no, checkmark uh, box? Yeah. That- no, and so that those are people who have had a diagnosis through testing. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was COVID that caused their death. It could just be an incidental they're not necessarily incidental, but, you know, it, these may be patients. It's complex to tease apart the causation of their death. And COVID may well have contributed, but they may have been dying for other reasons as well. Um, so um, it's complex. Yeah, it's just really, it's just so misleading with all of, every single country, it seems, has a different way of, um, either testing, tracking, or um, announcing the deaths, and to what? It, it, do you know what I mean? It's like you yeah, know, yeah, every, yeah. It's it, it, it's it's hard to believe the numbers, the numbers out of say China, you know who's and so and so who's believing those? Um, mm. it, and and all countries are going to be manipulating their data to some extent. And I think, I mean, I've also been exposed to the ideas that, you know, there's a certain benefit of manipulating your data and there's maybe a benefit in in diagnosing it in some patients, I think. Some healthcare systems may incentivize a diagnosis of COVID because it may create more income for the trust, the hospital or the ward. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of weird things going on there. I mean, I, I had a conversation which got a bit heated over the weekend with a London friend who works for the London School of Tri- of Hygiene and and Tropical Medicine, and, and he, they seem pretty convinced about the numbers and uh, the validity of lockdown. And um, 
the validity of of of, of information and advice from the World Health Organization. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I really don't know. It'll be interesting for things to come out in the wash in a few years' time. All I do know is that whatever has been happening has accelerated the course of Bitcoin. It's accelerated the trends, the macro trends, the mega trends that were happening in um, in our societies. And to be it the self-education of our kids through homeschooling or working from home or the realization that money is an illusion that they print on a whim <laughs> um, and uh, why we're we paying taxes and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and it's almost pure irony uh, if this has been some kind of global manufactured kind of, you know, to lean on the side of the conspiracy theorists or dare I call them just critical thinkers. Um, I think we need to take this word off the table, actually, conspiracy theorists and just call people um, critical thinkers. Mm. That Those people that think it has been engineered and has, um, you know, I'm certainly one of those going into the whole thing. I was like, this yeah. just seems too odd. Yeah. Like, this just seems too weird. But then, you know, being uh, in a country that borders Italy and Spain, um, when you saw that kind of narrative coming out there, you're like, hmm. You know, it was it was very easy to get people very panicked very quickly. Of course, yeah. I mean, this is pretty scary stuff. Um, it's terrifying, and, and and the power of the mass media to I mean, it has invested interest in whipping everything up. I mean, and and so we went to the U.S. We were on holiday in 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 kind of Florida when this all started, and being exposed to the news machine over there over the two weeks just before lockdown was announced i mean it was that was terrifying i mean i don't know how uh, in america it's just a barrage of very polarizing very fearful news um yeah that's pretty scary um yeah where were we I don't know. We we got we got caught in a tangent, but it, yeah, and it was very interesting to um to get like a a semi insider's view of um like the the health services and what's been going on during these uh like kind of lockdown periods and how strange it's all been and thankfully it hasn't uh, affected your livelihood or your work too much uh, by the sound of things. So. No, not at all. I mean, for the first few months, I was just uh, had to take my clothes off every day in the in the garden. I walk in the house and have a shower before you know <laughs> embracing the wife and the and the child it was a bit strange but uh i've since sort of stopped doing that it was i'm sure the neighbors ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm sure the neighbors are thankful you stopped doing that probably probably <laughs> well it's probably a good place to uh, to wrap up, self-banked. Um, you know, uh, a picture Thank of you, you standing naked in your own garden. Uh, that's uh, not I'll leave that with the listeners. But I yeah. will ask you the um, the um, the final question, uh, although it can definitely lead us down some rabbit holes. Um, you, you're probably um, prepared for it, but uh, if you had uh, one red pill um, left to give, who would you um, who would you give that to, and why? Um. It's a difficult one. I'm a bit torn, really. Um, there's two who I'd probably be torn by. Um, and so Yanis Varoufakis is, is uh, a, a Greek kind of politician uh, and uh, leftist kind of thinker 
who I would be really interested to get someone like that as articulate as that to be able to express the message of Bitcoin. But I think because of the creative bent that we're coming from here, I'm, I, I'd probably go with uh, and so kind of Shepard Fairey, the 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 Obey campaign main artist, uh, and so the leader of that movement. I mean, he's just just such a prolific artist, pumping out the most powerful propaganda-based imagery that's just brutally cool and smacks of all this kind of Soviet kind of imagery. Um, and, and he does these mega installations on the side of walls and huge buildings. And I mean, he's, he's just got such a voice and such a, an incredible way to, uh, such a beautiful way put an image and an idea out there uh, and and that's great what he does but i mean what message is he putting out i mean what alternative to the things that he's criticizing is he promoting just like we said before with led by donkeys there's no answer coming if, if a man like that were to get bitcoin then they could that could be that could be beautiful they, they, they could they could show and articulate an answer to people and yeah, a kind of better way to be a better money for a better future. And and who is that again? So I don't miss it. Shepherd Fairy at Shepherd Fairy um, or the, the obey campaign. Obey campaign. O-B-E-Y. Yeah. Well, I'll find them and put them in the, uh, the show notes. He's very and, cool. Um, Cause I've, I've not heard of, um, not heard of him. No. So um, yeah, you, you, the, um, you've probably seen a lot of his art. You just don't know the name. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You I know, I'll definitely. Um, I'll definitely <laughs> check it out. And well, then, who who do you hope to um, to pick up a copy of your um, well of uh, the, the Citadel Twenty One and, and read your story? Someone who likes graphic novels and is receptive to the ideas of Bitcoin, but doesn't necessarily know much about it yet. Newbies, I just, I just want everyone and anyone, and I, I'd love uh, people to get it and to print it and to distribute it, and just try and get the message, as we said, outside the echo chamber, um, and let it grow. What, what kind of group of people do you think are primed? I mean, obviously, people know my bent is like the, the homeschooling community. You know, they they are primed. They just, yeah, as soon as they understand. You know, you're taking yeah. sovereignty over your money. They're going to get it, and vice versa. Yeah. Bitcoiners will become homeschoolers. Do you, well, do you have like a group of people that um, yeah, you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a a generational thing, and I think we're Gen X, I believe, but it's mm-hmm. the Gen Ys and the and the Gen Zs, the Millennials and the Gen Zs, who I'm really trying to target this at. And so similar to the Bitcoin Reformation, that great article by uh, Ter Demista, uh, it's this idea that, and so these kids, these young people have taken so much crap uh, and they've just been kind of shat on from all sides with all sorts. And they have had their futures like Jeff Booth has, you know, eaten and so has articulated, they've had their futures kind of sold. Um, and I think they should be angry enough. They, they've got reason enough to rebel. Um, and they need to seize their futures in a, in a confident, kind of bold way by taking an action like buying Bitcoin. 
they need to to kind of defund the system and to enter a new parallel economy that just abandons the old game entirely and starts an entirely new world. Um, and Bitcoin is that it's a, it's a it's a kind of peaceful revolution. Um, and it's easy to do. The barriers to entry are a mobile phone and internet access. Yeah, I mean, this could happen very, very quickly. There's a lot of angry young people out there. There's a lot of disenfranchised people of these um, of this generation, and I think we just need we just need to get the message out and maybe to have one or two voices that that have that appeal that. That people can people can kind of follow, that people can see a future in. I, I think it's coming. I mean, the next couple of years are just going to be fascinating, aren't they? They are, man. They are. And um, yeah, you, <clears throat> that that group of people that you're talking about. I mean, before COVID, before lockdown, um, they were out on the streets every Friday, right? Um, I know people kind of started. Um, uh, you know, denouncing the social justice warrior, social justice warrior movement of client strike for climate and all that. Um, but they were also there to every Friday, right? Uh, school um, schools would strike, yeah, around the world um, for yeah. those people that aren't. Uh, I mean, we've forgotten about that now. That you, that was a huge thing going into COVID. Bam, no more of that. I mean, yeah, no, can, it, it, it's completely changed the narrative. Um, but there's still a lot of these people out there who feel that the way our society is working is not right. And they just need a voice and a mechanism to effectively create change. Um, and, and, and so protesting is awesome, but it's so easily corrupted and kind of discredited by authorities and by mm. the media. You know, it, it, and so these protests can be infiltrated like Black Lives Matter has by God knows who, the police or Antifa, and then suddenly the movement is just considered to be corrupted, considered to be debased. But um, yeah, th 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 this is the problem with kind of mass protest. I mean, I think this is a big part of the 21ism kind of graphic story is this, the past couple of years have been full of street, pro uh, they've been full of street protests around the world. You know, people have been, uh, they've been moved to act. They've been moved to act en masse and to express their voices. But they've they've not really succeeded. They've been quashed by one thing or another. Um, and then this has happened, or this has been created, and it's really been quashed. I mean, those Hong Kong protests, they were quiet for a while, eh? But um, yeah, Bitcoin... You can do that from your couch at home whilst you're watching Netflix, which is what they want you to be doing. Um, but you can be much more effective than you could be if you were out on the street. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's. I mean, the, the the protest movements of the 20th century that were really effective were the ones that outthought uh, the establishment. You know, it, it was it was it was not about necessarily the people on the street. It was about uh, exposing the 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 hypocrisy of established legacy systems and the cruelty and the moral, uh, the moral vacuum. Yeah. Imagine all like, um, standing there and all just, you know, stacking sats every one hour, exactly. like just as a, just sitting silently just, every one hour, just stacking sats again, just, stack. just yeah. if you print it, we'll stack it. 
you go. You do what you need. Print as much as you like. We're going to stack some sets. Yeah, I mean, just that's all I'm doing. That's all you're doing. That's all a lot of us are doing. Um, that is our protest. That is our voice. That is our vote. Um, what's going to become of it, hey? <laughs> I don't know. A better world, man. Hopefully. A better world. Hopefully. I think we, we, think we both have that uh, that belief. Yeah. Okay. Well, self-banked so much. Uh, thank you so much for, you. for spending the time. And, thank you um, for having me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story and all of your work. Really looking forward to um, the 21ism, Thank how you. this progresses, the new films, the the book, the, um, excuse me, the um, the comic book, the strip, the story, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to that. And all your other memes that uh, you're going to keep um, us entertained on Twitter with. Much appreciated. And so thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Please say hi to Sam and Lauren and uh, the fam. I will do, man. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you for listening and uh, sticking around and um, learning about uh, what Self-Banked is uh, is up to, what he's all about. Um, you know, I really love uh, kind of getting to, uh, you know, the, the bottom of what, what people are doing here in this space, right? I mean, here we got a guy, you know, he's uh, an anesthetist by, by trade and, um, you know, <laughs> Mima by, uh, by night and, uh, you know he's doing all of this in his spare time with the the mission of trying to educate as many people in like the in the best way he can like this is what he, he this is how he feels he can add to the community and um and and help spread the message uh you know other people are writing books other people are writing articles um blog posts uh tweet storms uh, people like myself. There's certainly other people out there doing um, podcasters and uh, podcasts, and many more podcasters uh, will will come uh, into the space as well, which is awesome. Um, and just this like myriad of different skill sets that are coming, like you know, out of Sir Hodler than Thou, uh, Sir Badminton. You know what he's putting together with these videos. Uh, at time of recording, he's already dropped. Um, Two, uh, Agent Orange, License to Shill, and uh, his first one was um, a very kind of uh, dystopic future uh, kind of um, robotic. Uh, you you got to go check it out. Check it out on Twenty One Ism, and hopefully by time of um, release, uh, he has probably dropped um, Fight Back Club. Um, if he hasn't yet, then it will be coming soon. Make sure you look out for that. And self banked. Um, is you know a direct uh, kind of contributor to this as well. You know he does the um, uh, the wording for it on on all the videos that you're watching. Um, and as uh, you know, as this community grows, there there is like a bunch of us that are all kind of helping each other out with ideas and uh, refining the memes, refining the pitches, refining the videos, um, and um, you know throwing suggestions around and like that. The creativity is just incredible um there's going to be lots more to come uh, keep a very very close eye on uh, on 21ism um and you know what hodlinor's doing with his uh, magazine as well citadel 21 there's going to be more and more of this stuff coming out the games i don't know if any of you guys have checked out scott sibley's uh, game yet uh, shamory um, s h a 
M O R Y. That's um, Scott's been on the show. He go back and find it, and he explains like the the reason for Shamari and what it is. I'm at, I'm currently waiting for my deck of cards to turn up, and I can't wait to play it with my kids. Um, there's there's another group. Knut's Volholm is uh, in, involved with. Um, they're all trying to figure out um, like a, a new relic, really cool kind of um, longer lasting risk style uh, board game, uh, all about Bitcoin. And and watching this, all these ideas come come together is incredible. Um, and it's people you know such as Self Banked that are, are doing this kind of work, which I hope will inspire many of you listening now to to think about you know what skill set do you have and how can you you know add value somehow to the community because I guarantee you you've got something uh, and keep an eye keep a very very close eye on the companies that are emerging in this space because as they grow they're going to need people so get in touch follow the CEOs follow the um, the new guys that are coming out uh, at some stage these guys are going to have to start hiring and um, you know if you're first in line, Showing your skill set, showing you're willing, showing how you um, you want to help uh, contribute in this space, then people like Swan are going to start hiring people. Uh, people like uh, Coinfloor, uh, the same kind of thing. You know, as they grow, there's going to be more and more opportunities. So keep a close eye. Uh, don't underestimate what you can bring to the space, and um, get 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 down in the weeds of, of Bitcoin Twitter, start following as many people as possible, reach out on DMs, share ideas, uh, like, tweet, comment. And, um, you know, the, the water's warm. And come on in. It's, um, it's going to be an amazing uh, year or two uh, once, um, once this bull run starts taking off and uh, it's going to be uh, a fun place to be. So looking forward to um, seeing you guys and uh, connecting on Twitter as usual. And um, before I leave, make sure um, head over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten if you want to start stacking sats over in the UK or if you are in the US um, everywhere except New York at the at the moment, um, get over to swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten and start stacking stats, um, stacking sats with those guys. Um, they're, they're making... Um, great uh, vanity links by the way so even if you just go to the vanity link I really love what they're doing um, if you go to Swan Bitcoin uh, forward slash once bitten uh, you know it's got a picture of the podcast uh, and a few quotes uh, I think it's cool so thanks for listening guys and um, yeah I hope you enjoyed this one make sure you follow Self Bank give them a few retweets on the memes uh, everything's appreciated and um, I'll speak to you next time bye bye